This is the Saturday Stoke number 23. I'm your host, Tim Willard. Think of it like a shot of espresso for your soul. Welcome to this week's Saturday Stoke, a short, inspirational podcast designed to encourage and challenge you in the path ahead. It's a place where if I'm doing my job right, I'm spurring us all on toward love and good deeds. It's a podcast that feels like your favorite hoodie and smells like a Christmas candle. If you're new to the Stoke, then welcome. Feel free to poke around my blog, The Edges. And if you find some inspiration there, sign up for my newsletter that's called Further Up. You'll get updates when the next episode of The Stoke drops and exclusive articles and community discussions. This week's Stoke looks at a topic that I'm sure we're all very good at. Kindness. (laughs) Yes, a bit tongue-in-cheek there, you know, but um, I'm sure we can all benefit from a bit more kindness in our lives. So let's get to it. I've caught myself telling my daughters to be kind to each other as I holler at them for being unkind. How embarrassing, right? Can anyone relate? What's the matter, Tim? Uh, Can't you practice what you preach? Well, many days, no. But I do my best. I suppose the point is pursuing the characteristics that so elude us with relentless vigor, right? And so, I am pursuing, and I'm always pursuing. (laughs) And as I think about pursuing, let me give you a longer thought on the act of pursuing. It comes from none other than Augustine, my 5th century soulmate, (laughs) I like to think. In one of his sermons, he writes this, If though you say, that's enough, that's the lot, then you have perished. Always keep on walking, Always forge ahead. Let us walk by faith as long as we are in the pilgrimage from the Lord, till we come to sit where we shall see face to face. Augustine challenges those who claim to be Christ followers to be continually taking inventory of their lives, to be pursuing a life worthy of the cross. This isn't some legalistic yoke that he's doling out here. No, it's an encouragement to pursue Christ and his holiness. He's not giving us a checklist. He's saying what Kierkegaard said in one of his upbuilding discourses, which is this. Our wills must seek one thing, to be totally Christ's. And similarly, the Chinese church leader Watchman Nee sums up the Christian life with this statement from the Apostle Paul. It is no longer I, but Christ. This is the pursuit of the Christian. Some think that when they come to faith in Christ, their pursuit of meaning and purpose has reached its end. But this is only the beginning. Coming to Christ is like finding the door to the new Narnia at the end of the final book in C.S. Lewis's Chronicles of Narnia, The Last Battle. Narnia opens up in a never-ending and all-consuming landscape that bids them to come further up and further in. This is how it is when we pursue God, in my opinion. It is a journey that only intensifies, but never ends. A.W. Tozer writes in The Pursuit of God, To have found God 
and still pursue him is the soul's paradox of love. Okay, so that wasn't the quickest thought on pursuing that I've ever recorded, but I'm sure you'll forgive me, and I hope the point was made as it relates to being kind to one another. If you fail at being kind, try, try again. Pursue. Try by deepening your resolve to pursue Christ in Him only. And now back to kindness. If you allow me, I'd like to ask a five-year-old's question and attempt to answer it. And the question is this. Where does kindness come from? Kindness does not come from busyness, that's for sure. I think we can also rule out kindness stemming from self-centeredness. When do you find yourself most kind? I find myself most kind when I'm figuring out what someone else needs or giving of myself in some way whether it be time or resources or insight. And while being kind, I find myself evaluating my action. Oh, this is what it is to be kind, I say to myself. Things are slower in this world. Things are more at ease. Why am I so hasty? For in my haste, kindness leaves me. When I search my new Oxford Dictionary, I find kindness and compassionate to be synonyms. Compassionate and kindness say the same thing. And this is what they say. I will meet you where you are weakest, and not judge you, but join you, hold your hand, and walk with you. (laughs) But, Tim, you say, are you meaning to say that for kindness to rule in our hearts, we need to slow down a bit, so that we can see the needs of others and offer ourselves to that need? That is precisely what I'm saying, old boy. Well done, I say. (laughs) Here's a quick hack for cultivating kindness in your days. Seek solitude. Henry Nouwen said for compassion to grow in an individual, he or she must dive into the discipline of solitude. Compassion is the fruit of solitude, he says, and the fruit of all ministry. Solitude in our modern culture does not come easy or without a healthy dose of intentionality, I understand that. It's tough to escape. But if you're anything like me, you crave it more than once during your week. You crave it at work when things begin to go sideways. You crave it when the kids are hanging all over you and you feel trapped. You crave it when the stress and demands of everyday life feel as if they're blaring at you at the highest decibels possible. I feel you, my friend. How about right now we do this? Just take a moment and breathe in. Just breathe. Let your shoulders relax and close your eyes. Ask God to water your spirit with the nourishing goodness of solitude. A solitude only He can give you right now. In solitude, continues Nowen, our heart of stone can be turned into a heart of flesh, a rebellious heart into a contrite heart, and a closed heart into a heart that can open itself to all suffering people in a gesture of solidarity. 
When I am most stressed, I am most unkind, and compassion wanes. To unlock the vault of kindness within me, I must release those things that tie my mind and my spirit to stress. Things like provision issues, calendar issues, relational issues, and so much more. It turns out that kindness needs space to breathe. But when it does breathe, it comes into your heart with the strength of heaven, does it not? Invited by your broken and contrite heart. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, writes the psalmist. A broken and contrite heart, God, you will not despise. When faced with a tense situation, ask yourself, what would kindness say here? If the answer doesn't come, seek the life-giving balm of solitude for a spell and seek the wisdom of the Lord with your whole heart. It was His love that compelled Him to give Himself up for us, and it should be our love for Him that spurs us on in our pilgrimage to uncover the treasures of a contrite and kind heart. Stay stoked, my friends. 